Hey guys, this is Greg with the Grindline Podcast, and I am here to talk to you about DraftKings. With mobile betting now live in Michigan, it has never been easier to get in on the action and make those games mean just a little bit more. All you have to do is set your lineup, sit back, and watch your games. It's that simple. DraftKings has paid out over $7 billion, that's billion with a B, to users across all sports. So work on filling that wallet today with DraftKings. Download the DraftKings app and sign up using code THPN. New users will get a free entry with their first deposit. That's code THPN to get a free entry with your first deposit. Only at DraftKings. Minimum $5 deposit required. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. Welcome, everybody, to what I am uh, calling the Grindline Podcast's absolutely overflowing mailbag. Uh, I am joined here tonight by Ryan because Tyler once again bitched out on us because he's going to the Bruins game. Uh, Well, he's at the Bruins game currently, and they're currently uh, getting their asses handed to them by the Islanders. You got to think he's cheering for the Islanders, though, right? I, I don't know. He's with his Boston friends, so I'm assuming he's letting his Boston out. If he Bet you he there, helped pass the flag around the arena. Oh, I swear to God. If he, if we find out that he's there and wearing Boston or cheering for Boston, I swear to God. I don't know, but what I'm looking at right now is a 5-2 to two score, and the uh, Boston, if they get six or seven more shots, will have doubled up the Islanders in the shot count. So... Um, it's not looking Power good. Play coming up though, so that's dangerous. Not looking good for Boston right now. But yeah, Ryan, how you doing? Eh, not too bad. You know, thought we were uh, talking prospects tonight, so I, you know, actually looked at some of the guys that you told me to. You should. Kind of like I asked you to do. So I appreciate that. But yeah, got a few names now that I know that I won't just completely look a window on. But, of course, for the mailbag that we're going to talk on, none of the guys that I talked or looked at are who we're going to potentially talk about. So I'm asking that those are saved until we talk about prospects because then I'll actually look them up. All right. Yeah, I, I'll get to – I'll pull up their EP pages. I've got background on a lot of the top ten picks. Uh, so I can, I can talk about a handful, but uh, some of these names, um, yeah – when you, uh, once we finally get to a dedicated episode, I can start actually not sound completely stupid. All right, so do we, should we just dive right into it? Just get right uh, into I the... I think based off the list that you just sent me, um, yes. <laughs> yeah, I, like I said, we were planning on doing prospect talk, and I'm like, well, maybe our prospect talk won't fill a whole hour. We should do a mailbag, and then I do a call for questions and mailbag. The we questions are prospect related, though. Well, it's that time of year. I mean, we we're getting kept to it, it. Prospect related. See, now I feel like we're doing a disservice. We're not because next episode will be completely draft focused. Okay, okay. And we'll do highlights, and we'll have hopefully some fancy new graphics and stuff, and it'll be all cool. But tonight we're going to answer the fan questions that we have because, my lord, do we have a lot of them. And we'll start with a lot of the ones that I think are silly. So, um, <laughs> and we, oh, of course, we're always going to get the silly ones. And we'll start off with our, our dear friend Rohan over in Australia on the other side of the earth in the continent that doesn't exist. He's on the bottom half. Yeah, you where get, it you is. You flip earth over and then you can see him. It is big. <laughs> Oh, jeez, Ryan. Uh, it, is, uh, it is becoming daytime there currently, as it is daytime. becoming nighttime here. Nighttime! And Rohan has asked, <laughs> What will you give me to listen to an entire episode? To which I responded, The Antidote. But apparently Ryan has a better response. Yeah, I'm going to give him his jerseys that he's ordering. Oh, so you have hostage material. I do. Oh, so yeah, I've, I've taken over for Sports Gym as the home for the Australian merchandise collector. So, so they have the to be they, nice to the us? The things that they order over here comes to my home. Ooh. And for it to get to them, I have to take it to Vintage Detroit. And they'll do their... They do their magic and ship it? Do their magic, but they actually also ship it out. So... So they have to be nice to us? Yes, yep. that's why That's why we had like one, the argument about the cancellation. We have, oh. we have that and Jen on our side. Okay. Oh, we have a one-up. So, Rohan, you get the antidote plus the stuff you sent to Ryan's house. Mm-hmm. So, uh, from uh, Chris at uh, Jack on Twitter, his question is simply why? And 
my answer generally to that is because my other answer is also it be like that sometimes oh so that's that's my answer to that one that's why uh kevin um do you have an answer to that no not really no just no that's your answer why i don't know why i know i don't know uh kevin on twitter at kp uh K-I-E-L-C-Z. Coach. I don't even think that says it's anything. Part of it. It's part of his last name. Okay, cool. That's that's Kevin. Kevin Coach. That's yeah, so Kevin is the one that asked, how many octopi would it take to fill Little Caesars Arena? And I did some quick math. Uh, the average size of an octopus is 4.3 feet, which is about 2 feet squared, 2 foot by 2 foot. Rounding, of course. Sure, if you had squished the octopus into a square container, which they are very tricky animals and would get out of that square container. Mm-hmm. But the um, the size of Little Caesars Arena, from what I gathered on the old Wikipedia, is 650,000 square feet. So if you half that, you could fit roughly 325,000 octopi inside Little Caesars Arena, give or take a few. That's a lot. It is a lot. It's a lot of uh, a now octopus delicious. So you could have like a really good Japanese dinner, mm, but calamari. and the calamari is squid, Ryan. Oh, is it? It's squid. Yeah. yeah. Same family. Sure, the cephalopods, but yes, it is still good. <laughs> delicious. Both are very tasty. <laughs> uh, with a little bit of lemon and a little bit of butter, both are very mm, tasty. Yes. But three hundred twenty-five thousand roughly octopi. It could fit. go higher depending on the source that you looked at for the size of those. Yeah, because I found another one that said like 850,000 square feet. Because uh, now, I'm, now I'm just questioning what is actually included in the square footage of LCA at this point. Like, is it all of the surrounding, like, walkways, the underneath, like, for the parking lot, the, the training facility? I don't know. Nah, you wouldn't think parking lot would be. It could be. Maybe it is. Well, they've got a garage. Maybe the Chevy Plaza is included in that. Could be. Everywhere you go would be covered in octopi. That'd be... Oh, just imagine. Very slimy and gross. Sticky. (laughs) So that's that answer. Thanks, Um, Kevin. It's disgusting. Thanks. Daryl Wayne at Norway Wayne on Twitter asks, Now, here's the first serious question. Will Steve Iserman draft a franchise goalie? Maybe. Um, Not this year, I don't think. Um, I... And so it's hard. And again, and we'll talk about this at length. This one is one of the harder drafts to try to predict because you don't know what other teams are thinking. Uh, we don't with, know what he's thinking. We don't. Well, first, we don't know what Eiserman's thinking. No, but I don't think we ever will, and that's part of the genius of it. I'm almost. I am almost certain he's not going to take Wallstead at six. My you're, other you're really bank you're betting a lot on that right now. Yeah. My other thought though is that with pick what's gonna look like probably twenty two, if Tampa beats Carolina it's twenty three and Arizona's out, it would be twenty two. I I could see him taking Casa at that twenty ish pick. That's who you were talking about last week. But but see but see, he could be gone by then, too. And if he's gone by then, too, then you're not taking the next goalie in the first round, because why? So, is he going to draft a franchise goalie? I think eventually, probably. Um, this he, season, though? I don't... I, I guess I guess it depends on which way you want to take this question. Is the, is it in, is the intent to make it... I'm guessing the intent is this relative season. Relative to this season because of the, the hype around Wallstead that we've, we've seen so far? Yeah, because there are other questions about Wallstead too, but it, I, I think the intent is this season, but I don't think that it's going to happen this season. Right. I think you're getting quality forward or defenseman. Yeah. And I mean, it's going to be best player available. I think that's the easiest way to... That's, that's the cheap way to say that he's going to go. Because you get two first round picks, it's it only makes sense. Well, then, Especially, but people know. would argue argue you that if Wall sets there at six, then he's the best player available. Yeah, you could. So I I don't but think I, though that that's going to happen. Yeah, I, I don't see that happening in the top ten. It for me, like you're talking a guy that's Vasilevsky, but at that level now in. A minor league system. I know that's a crazy thing to say, but 
Maybe some people compare Wallstead to that. I don't know. It's... I don't see it happening necessarily because of how much lack of skill this team really does still have. How many holes there are. Yeah. We know that help is on the way. We've got the next question. I'm not going to hint at it, but there's promise coming to Detroit. It's just a matter of when, not if. So that one's tough for me, and I'll feel more comfortable talking about the goalie piece next week. Once I take a gander at a few more guys not named Wallstead. (laughs) At literally anyone else? Yeah, pretty much. Yes. To me, me, I think that there's more of a need at forward and defense, especially a scoring forward, than than a goaltender. Because you can fill your gaps, as you have kind of hammered home the last few days online, that you can get by with decent goaltending. Or you can be... And that's always been the case. Or you can be Montreal and have goaltending just playing ungodly, and they're now making their way through the second round against Winnipeg. What's the score on that one, by the way? I don't have it on. I have Boston on right now. Oh, you switched back over? Okay. But but you you get my point. Yeah. Or you can be Tampa, and you have a, a fantastic team in front of a fantastic goalie, and we hate everything about them. Yeah, but again, that fantastic goalie was taken at pick 19 not pick True. 6 True. so if you end up getting if you end up getting Casa at 22 and he ends up like a Vasilevsky great fantastic winner, but again winner they're, the goalies are just insanely hard to predict so do I think Stevie Y will draft a franchise goalie yes because I think Stevie Y will spend the rest of his hockey career with the Detroit Red Wings and eventually will have to draft a franchise goalie at some point. <laughs> oh, I see what you did. So, there. yes. Yes, uh, I do. Sorry, Daryl. <laughs> the next question <laughs> comes from... J- I'm doing all the Twitter questions first. We also have Facebook right. questions. Uh, comes from Jason Pars on Twitter at Jason Parr. Is Moritz Sider a demigod? Yes. Uh, my answer is absolutely. Now, Moritz Sider has literally every game wanna, he does something that say, amazes you provide the latest and greatest update on him and yeah glad seen it yeah so moritz cider has been named the iihf world championship best defenseman in the men's world championship tournament deal there were a lot of people that were pissed off about that they're like oh, what about this guy over this this and no you're wrong sorry uh he was also voted to the all-star team so the best defenseman's voted on by the tournament directorate and the all-star team is voted on by the media. The stats to go with that naming is he had five assists in 10 games played, uh, which is 0.5 points per game, which is great. Yeah, for what he's now finally getting into, to put it into context for what he did, now granted this isn't maybe the greatest bar to set, but you had guys like Troy Stetcher and other NHL-level defensemen playing in this tournament. And the fact that, yes, it's kind of the... It's not necessarily the who's who of players that were in this... Yeah, not this year. ...that were typically seen. But you you still had a guys like, you know, Adam Henrique was playing in the tournament. Connor Garland, Connor Brown, Andrew Mangiapane. Those are your... The last three guys were your... There were NHL names. NHL-level talent. It was probably middle six or below for most teams. But then you look at Stetcher, who was floating anywhere within a, a, a team's defensive core, like with Detroit. So he made his presence known. And if you're, is it Hockey Gifts? That's how, that pretty much has the loving <laughs> that has become relationship. The, it's the. I'm pretty sure it's more at Cider's burner account. <laughs> yeah, it's a fan account. So you look at the plays that he was making. Now it sounds I was watching. Uh, some of the comments there's a few times where he did show his age and was probably out of out of position and i think it uh, more so against the u.s that kind of happened but at the same time he's still getting the love and after coming off the season he did in the shl winning defender of the year there to win defenseman of the tournament for a world championship men's league yeah it's a big that's a big deal i mean the only thing he has to add to that is the calder next year and the norris yeah, well, let's see if he's in uh, Grand Rapids long enough. I mean, my uh, preferred scenario is he's in Detroit all season, and then gets sent down at the end of the end of the year, then can pull home 
No, he's gonna win the oh, Calder. You meant, oh, you meant the, the rookie of the year. Rookie of the year. I'm sorry. I thought I took that as Calder Cup. No, he's gonna win okay. rookie. He, he's got to win his win rookie the of the year. He's gonna win the rookie of the year and then go down to Grand Rapids and help him win the Calder. How's that sound? <laughs> win two Calders in one year. Impressive. Uh, but yeah, Moritz Sider is is insane. Uh, he every day that pick looks better and better, and Steve Eiserman looks more and more like a wizard. When, when you just see the highlights of him just destroying guys and then making an insanely smart pass to set up for a goal. So it's going to be Here's crazy. Another, another reference, and I was wanting to get the Team Russia, so I'm glad you started talking there. He beat out guys like Gavrikov that plays for the Jackets, Dmitry Orlov from the Capitals, Ivan Provorov from the Philadelphia Flyers, Oof. Nikita Zadorov from the Chicago Blackhawks. He beat out guys like that to win defender or top defenseman in this tournament. I know that's just looking strictly at Team Russia, but but that's a lot of that's people. A, that's a team like, commonly known as one of the more stout defensive teams, and those names, I'm pretty sure everyone that we were talking to here know who they are. So that to me, that's a big deal, and that's a very impressive feat. Yeah, we love Mo Sider. Uh, we fully are behind him. We are ready to have our souls crushed if something happens and he doesn't pan out. Uh, but I think the hype is just impossible to contain at this point. Yeah, and yes, of course, Eiserman says to keep our expectations tempered, but we can't. No, don't tell us. You're not my mom. Don't tell me yeah, what to do. We're allowed to get drunk and stupid and yell and be happy. Yay. Uh, next question comes from... <laughs> that, was, that was so bad. UK Red Wings yeah. fans on Twitter at UK Red Wings fans one this is literally the entire UK Red Wings fan base. Uh, do we draft? Do we draft a much needed center, or do we go all out for skill and potential, whatever his position may be? Yes. Um, yes, I think that I think that the best player available for us probably at that pick will be a center in someone like a Kent Johnson, or or someone like a Chaz Lucius. Or, but Kent Johnson, I guess, also played a lot of left wing this season. Yeah, Lucius so, is more your typical center. Yeah, so Chaz Lucius, Kent Johnson, um, hard, players like you that. Can't really fault Johnson though, playing with um, Beniers. Yeah, you're not going to get a lot center. of center time. No. If you're looking at those two guys in, in particular, I mean, you're looking at some high scoring, good moving players, and I think that for what this team doesn't have is high-scoring, good-moving players. Yep. I mean, it's coming. Like, we can talk about Raymond, Berggren, guys like that that are now making their way to North America. But maybe one of these guys could be there sooner. Both those guys that we kind of you just touched on, though, or they need to get some size and maybe a little bit more. Either AHL time or back to U of M. Yeah, I think that is that's the case with most people that are going to be drafted um, in most drafts, but especially this draft. Johnson's still like sub one seventy. I had a good summer. Eat your Wheaties. Mm -hmm. Uh, But yeah, I think that we will go by uh, BPA best player available. But I think that best player available will probably be a center. Yeah, I, I think that to that point or the question. The much-needed center will definitely be at the top of the list because you can put him anywhere. As we just mentioned, Johnson, he's listed as a center wing. Ideal playing would be center, but that's the nice thing with the center. If they're not going to be there necessarily, you can move them around. Or when you're trying to stack your lines, you just move them to the wing. Sure. Like you could try him on a second line with Joe Valeno at center and see how it works, and then swap Valeno to wing and, and Johnson to center and see how that works. So mm-hmm. you you have like, with centers you have, and I think we talked about last week, you have the flexibility to slide them over if you need to. So uh, I think we draft a center um, or at least a forward. Um, I don't. Is it the much needed center? That is that depends on how yeah. they pan out. Um, but I think that's probably our our best bet there. They also ask, who do you expect to leave or who do you protect in the Kraken expansion draft? Oh. So my... Pro- open up the old cat friendly. Yeah, my protection list tends to change randomly depending on... Uh, now, I might have it finalized now. 
So I am protecting Dylan Larkin. It's what, uh, seven players? Yeah, seven, three, one. So seven forwards, three defensemen, one goalie, or eight skaters and one goalie. So I am going Dylan Larkin, uh, Jacob Verana. Mm-hmm. Give me Adam Ernie. Okay, he played your what his way into your heart. Yep, uh, Michael Rasmussen. Yep, have to. Zadina doesn't have to be covered. Mm-hmm. Tyler Bertuzzi, yep. Robbie Fabry, and I can pick one more. Now, see, here's the thing. I want to say Nemesnikov. I mean, he is under contract for one more year, so it would make more sense. If you went that route with it, because to me, any expiring U, uh, UFA, gone. Yeah. They're yeah. just out. Sure. But I think with him, yeah, I, I would have to go that way. And so then... That puts you, I think you've got, is that seven or... I, now, my other, my other forward that I may protect and, and leave Nemesnikov out would be Giovanni Smith simply because he's not exempt and I think he'd be a great pickup for an expansion team just to right off the bat add that punchiness to the True. roster. Um, I think he is he's a he's an RFA so that would have to be a rights discussion but they they would hold the cards if they did take him. Yeah. So if you're looking at defensemen, three defensemen I am going to go with Troy Stetcher, uh, Philip Heronic, and give me Dennis Chalowski. Wow. You, you went there, huh? Yeah, because, I mean, I, they're not going to take DK. Juice is over in Switzerland or Sweden somewhere. Juice is gone. Yep. Yeah. Uh, Biega's a UFA. Philip Hronick, I need Gustav Lindstrom. I honestly, right now, losing Lindstrom or Chalowski at this point, I don't think is a big deal. But I do think I still think Chalowski has more upside than Lindstrom. Hmm. Lindstrom at best is probably a third pair defenseman. Probably, yeah. So I'm not sad to lose him. He's shown more to me than Chalowski, though. He's technically had more playtime than Chalowski, hasn't he? Uh, yes. Yeah. So, so, at least this season he did. If you look at it, I think the the talent is there in Chalowski. It's just him getting his head on straight. But I, like I said, I wouldn't really be sad to lose either. I'm just protecting the one I think has more talent in them. Um. I know Max wrote an article about his protected list and had left Troy Stetcher unprotected, um, but had said that if that is only if Stetcher doesn't have any intentions on re-signing with Detroit. But to my point, I said I would still protect Stetcher and then trade him next season. Mm-hmm. I think Stetcher, even if they take Lindstrom or Chalowski or whoever, I think Stetcher has more trade value than if you were to keep Lindstrom and have to trade him later. Yeah, I would definitely go on the Stetcher wagon because he's only 27. He'll be 28 next April. So, yes, he's at the peak of the analytical age group, I guess you could say. So things are likely to go down in a way. But on a team like this, the way he brought the energy, I mean, most nights you could argue that he was their best defenseman this past season. Yep. And having a guy like that bringing in whomever else they're going to do uh, for this season, and I mean, you you have him out there to help out uh, Mo Sider, like we talked about with Mark Stahl, bringing him back on a one-year deal if they decided to would be fantastic. Yep. But, yeah, I, I think I would end up going the 7-2 and two route, to be honest. Or, I'm sorry. Se- you mean the 8-skaters route? Six, yeah, 6-2 six and two route. Well, let me give you Max's protected list. Okay. Max's protected list is Adam Ernie, Dylan Larkin, Michael Rasmussen, Robbie Fabry, Giovanni Smith, Jacob Vrana, Tyler Bertuzzi. And his uh, defenseman, Philip Hronick. Wait, hold on, hold on. What? 
You said Ernie, Larkin, Rasmussen, Fabry, Smith, Verona, Bertuzzi. So he oh, exposes Nemestikov. I gotcha. Uh, and then defense: Hironic, Chalowski, Lindstrom, goaltender Thomas Grice. Right, which you have to pretty much because he's the only goalie under contract. Sure, if, if you extend relevant. Bernie, then you protect him. But uh, Grice will be the only one under contract, and uh, you, you go ahead and protect him. Right. Uh, so that uh, I'm I'm fully expecting to lose, and then I guess it's who they protect. So if they don't protect Nemestikov, I fully expect to lose Nemestikov. If they, oh, I, I think he would be gone. If they do protect Nemestikov and they leave Giovanni Smith exposed, I would think they would take Smith or whatever of the defenseman is exposed, whether that be Chalowski or Lindstrom. I I was very much early on on the Svechnikov is going to go, but the more I think about it and the not-so-great he played down the stretch or didn't play at all, and his age and injury history, I don't... I don't think Svech will be the one to get picked up. I do think it will be one of Nemestikov or Smith, whichever one is left exposed, or Chalowski or Lindstrom, whatever one is left exposed, unless Iserman makes some kind of deal to send a certain player to Seattle. I'm pretty much right there with you. I went Hironik, Stetcher, Chalowski on D. I just think Stetcher is more reliable in comparison to the remainder of the defenders. And I went with Chalowski only because of the offensive upside. And I think that he still has enough that he can show to do something there. But forward side, I match you pretty – I think it was across the board. And my number seven was Vlad Domestikov. I don't think there's really going to be anything surprising about – I think the defense is probably where we would see a surprise. Maybe Domestikov, like you mentioned. But – that's, but that again, he's putting the onus on youth and keeping Giovanni Smith. But you could argue the same for Vlad in a way because he's what twenty seven. Uh, Vladislav Nemestikov twenty eight. He'll be twenty nine in November. So I don't know. I think he. I think for what he can provide and the way he can be a center, a depth center, if absolutely necessary. To me, it kind of makes sense to have him on the roster, but we'll see. It, it's I'm not as necessarily worried about who we may lose this year compared yeah, me to last either. time around. Nope. Uh, to me, it almost doesn't matter because we granted, will be. We, also we need the roster spots. About, yeah, granted, we also weren't upset about Nosek going. We're like, wait, he actually was good. Yeah, I, I so mean, better, he had better than not just bad. Better than some of the people on the roster. Mm-hmm. So. Uh, who do you think they lose, though? All right, so who are we going with the joint that we are we both protecting Vlad? I'm protecting Vlad. So if we aren't, if we're doing it that route, then I could see it being. And you had Giovanni Smith as well, right? Uh, Giovanni, if I protect Nemestikov, Smith is open. So actually, you know what? I'm protecting. Let me say, I'll protect Smith You're over Nemestikov because he's younger, and we're going to need think- a Luke Lindening replacement eventually. Yes, I think if Vlad's available, he's gone. Okay. I think that's going to be the no-brainer, but because he's going to bring a great forward two-way a two-way forward presence to a roster that who knows what the setup could be, but we know that he can score. Can, do we? Team, uh, he can if he. Uh, yes, yes, and no, but he he can still provide a threat to a team that's going to need it. Sure, there's an offensive upside there if he can just do it. And he can still play defense. Yeah, okay. So I would say that is the likely victim if he's left open. If he's not and Smith isn't protected, then I could very well see Smith gone. I will accept your answer. (laughs) We will go to Joseph Fournier's question at Seth Montroy on Twitter. Uh, out of McTavish, Eklund, Johnson, and Beneers rank most likely to least the probability of them playing center full-time in the NHL. I will say Beneers will play full-time center. I say that Eklund will also play full-time center. Uh, then Johnson, because Johnson has showed promise at both positions. Mm-hmm. I'm going to s- fantastic on the wing. Yeah, I'm going to say Beneers, 
uh, Eklund, Johnson, McTavish. That's where I'm going to go there. McTavish has brought himself up lately, but he's still mocked between five at the highest and thirty at about thirty at the lowest. So that's probably going to be my ranking for that. I'm going to agree with it based off what I know about the first three. And then I think this would be a good one to talk about in the next episode. Ranking our centers. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that's going to be my answer for that one. Yeah. So I think Beneers is a, is a no-brainer yep. full-time. I think for me, what I know, Eklund, him and Beneers are probably both the likely locks, one-two. And then, like you said, Johnson's going to go either way. McTavish, I don't have enough information on to talk on. So he's my outlier unranked at the moment. But I think I think Johnson could see could could go the Joe Valeno route. Yep, I think it's possible. So we're going to go to Life is Pain 2013 at Life is Pain 2013 on Twitter. <laughs> Simon Edvinson. Um, yes, Question but mark? I don't think he will be there at six. I, I think Edvinson could go in the top five. Um, at least Ansar Khan certainly thinks he could. Uh, oh, <laughs> but, yeah. but yeah, what do, I think... What do you think? Yeah, what do you think? Uh, but I'm asking you. I think that he could go That's in the top five. If he's there, though, I guess it depends on who... That's the thing is, it's, it all comes back down to who else is available. Mm-hmm. I mean, and, how many teams are really going to pass up a 6'5", 207-pound defenseman? Not a lot. Not a lot. You're, and, of course, he's a Swede, so hello. Yeah, but then if they want to go defense, where do they take Luke Hughes? Is Luke Hughes available? Do you say, wow, well... Uh, Brant Clark. Yeah, Brant Clark. So you're looking, everyone else gets a Hughes. Why can't we have our own? So <laughs> figure out... Oh, cool. We finally get the third one. Yeah, we get Hughes 3. Uh, the sequels sequels are almost never good, but the third movies are almost always the worst. So Ooh, it's so you could look at it that way. But I think if if Edvinson's available, Edvinson is mocked anywhere between two and as low as nine. Mm-hmm. So Dauber have him at seven. Dauber has him at seven. Sportsnet has Sportsnet has him at four. FC Hockey Bobby. has him at two. Bobby Mack has him at two. Uh, McKean's has him at five so he's either going to be there or they won't like him enough to take him with who else is available or he falls to 23-ish sure uh, I think the old, the consolidated ranking the average of all the rankings has him at six so if we take the consolidated ranking then yes we would take him at six but he I, either he's not going to be available or someone else will have dropped who mm-hmm. takes precedent over him? I just again, this one's gonna be real interesting. Crazy. Sure, yeah, this one's gonna be real interesting. We'll see what happens. But he's a top tier defenseman. That's big, and we know. You look at Iserman and what he's done. He's drafted big, strong, offensive skill yeah. defensemen. Well, so here's what EP says about him. Mm-hmm. Uh, he defends well with his reach, maintains strong gap control, and is slippery when controlling the puck. Uh, a very technically skilled defenseman, good skater and mobile, strong in his own end, even more so in the offensive zone. And poised and smooth with his head up, he's able to navigate through the neutral zone and complete controlled ozone entries with regularity. That's uh, important. Things you like in a defenseman for 500. But it's, again, who else is going to be available? Do I like him? Yes. Is he going to be a great prospect? Yes. But... There, uh, there are a million directions that they could go. Mm-hmm. So that's that. Uh, from cider hype so, train. Oh, we never really said yes or no, so we'll go with maybe. T- sure, I mean yes, <laughs> yes. If if he's the best player I'm there, yes. Burgundy. Yeah, uh, cider hype train at Colin Long two nine oh nine. Uh, Wallstedt versus Casa. Who's the better fit if the Wings take a goalie in the in the late late in the first? If Wallstedt's there at twenty two or wherever, you, you'd take him. Um, no doubter. Even if uh, now if he's not there, and Casa is there, I I'll take Casa with my first my second first round pick. I've got two of them. Why not? Mm-hmm. 
And I mean, down that line, when you get past the top 10, as far as forwards and defensemen, it's a little bit of a mixed bag and you, the water start getting murky because of scouting and, and all that. He's, he's You look at Casa's profile, he's all over the place for his ranking. Sure. And that's be, I, I found that is uh, true about several of the prospects simply because they don't, it's the viewing and the scouting this season and everything kind of all rolled into one that they really don't know what's going to happen because a lot of these guys, some guys got play time and you got to see them more. So their ranking went up and some guys Thankfully missed out. He did get time in this season and he had a fantastic year in the WHL yeah. with Edmonton. Yeah. So, and it, I think, do you think maybe that a big thing for him too is the size is what gets people's jollies off a little bit? I People six, six. love huge goalies. It's it's really kind of an understatement at this point. And there's a reason. There's a reason that people have huge goalies. It's most because they fill been, up the net. <laughs> fill up the net, but most have also been really good. I think it goes right back to Vasilevsky. Yeah, so I like... I If Casa's there, then yeah, sure, take him. I, I think you can get a great goalie in the first round if you don't reach for him. Yeah. It's. I, I think if you're pulling in one of those guys at that pick, it's it's a win, and I don't think it's a, a bash on any goaltender in Detroit's system right now because I think that we've kind of put our hat on to Petrozelli at this point to hope that he can be our our hope, but he's starting to get older, and obviously these guys are far younger. You're talking yep. about Casa is 18 years old; he'll be 19 in November. So maybe he's taken a, a, a kata hot path to the NHL or Spencer Knight even, where they're going to be just boom, 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 and they're making their way to the AHL right into the NHL within a year, maybe two. That's your best case scenario. The likelihood, maybe less. But maybe you get that with Wallstedt, but you could still get that with Casa. I think that's where everyone's all excited, like, oh, we need this goaltender, but they were the same way with Askarov last year. And night the year before. There's always yeah. a goaltender. It's going to happen because we know that we need it badly. Yeah. And that's really we need an everything. understatement. Without having to go into free agency to make a big splash, which right now seems to be their only way out, especially if they don't bring back Bernier, who has made it very clear he wants to be here for the rebuild because he wants to see the fruits of the labor. Yep. He so. feels that they are accomplishing something. Which is great so. because if he is around when things start to turn around there's your 38 39 year old goaltender and then hey maybe we do have a casa coming in to take over the reins oh god please don't talk about a 38 year old goaltender <laughs> oh jesus we haven't ha- jimmy howard was what 35 uh, yeah but i mean jimmy jimmy let himself go i love jimmy to death but he looked like... He wasn't having fun anymore. He even talked about it. He wasn't having fun anymore. Yeah, you could tell he was defeated. Like, he he had... He went full-on dad bod that final season. <laughs> hey, he got his weight up. But he made, me, he made me look good. If you look at Casa, he is, again, Ryan said he's 18. Uh, he is a November birthday. So he will be 19 in November. He is... Which isn't a bad thing. No, 6'6", So big boy. Oh, they're both born in November. That's interesting. But, like you said, his rankings are all over. He's the number one uh, North American goalie by NHL Central Scouting. Which but, is good. That's- but his mock rankings go anywhere by uh, from 15 by McKean's all the way down to 43 by Recruit. So, it, it could go... Dauber has him sitting at 36. Sportsnet has him at 23. Elite Prospects has him at 24. So he could be there. Uh, Bob McKenzie has him at 14. So it's all over the place with him. I think if he is there, though, you can get a very good goaltender, which is looking like we might need one uh, in the system. Because you look at Wallstead, he doesn't drop outside number 17 in any of his... Sure, but if okay, if Wallstead's there at seventeen, you you call the team at seventeen and say, just I'll swap you picks. I'll give you twenty two. Hey, I'll give you a couple. Uh, I'll give you my twenty second and a and a fourth or fifth a, or whatever. A second and a fourth. Sure, um, and you move up those four spots or whatever to to mm-hmm. grab Wallstead. If he's there at seventeen, that's a no brainer. So right, 
I, I would say if if he falls even to 14 15 range where are we at here let's let's look at the draft what's the actual lineup once we get down there so the actual draft order is buffalo seattle anaheim new jersey columbus detroit who's there at 17 would be the montreal canadians depending uh yeah so the canadians would pick 17 at this point and if he's there at 17 you take montreal tell montreal you'll give him 22 you look at the teams ahead of him i mean the rangers don't need goaltending montreal doesn't st louis might uh dallas probably not i don't think st louis would take a goaltender no they got bennington philly won't calgary potential well here's the thing does he get past chicago he's not getting past chicago so it's or or even maybe like ottawa vancouver well ottawa's just gonna how long did vancouver sign uh holtby signed for one more year after this yeah so it was a two-year deal so vancouver could very well be on the market as well yep yeah, but they've got Thatcher Demko through 2025-26. Oh, oh, yeah, they gave him quite the contract. Yeah, they yeah. sure did. <laughs> wow, I did not know that. Oh. Yeah, that was a lot of money. Because I'm like, oh, man, we can pick up Demko. And they're like, no, we're going to give him $5 million forever. So right. Hey, thanks, thanks for signing that two-year deal with us, Braden. But uh, you're good after this season. Yeah, I. so I don't think they get past. Honestly, if they get to Chicago, I think Chicago takes them. Um, I could see Vancouver still doing it, though. L.A. at 8 could take them. Oh, for the forward depth at L.A.? I think L.A. is your most likely destination. Uh, L.A. or San Jose. Yeah. There are teams. I think the point is there are teams between 6 and 15 or 17. The the longhand explanation for that. Yeah. There are teams between 6 and 17 that need a goalie. And they'll take them. Works out, you know. Yeah. (laughs) So we'll move on to the next question from Chicken Spitlets at Thought Caesar on uh, Twitter. Caesar. Matthias Broma came out of the gate with a ton of energy and snake bites. Is he worth keeping around? Do the Wings have anything to lose if they do? I responded to him. Uh, No, he already said he's going to Davos, and he's like, "Well, Google it and tell me on the podcast." (laughs) So I googled it, and he's going to Davos. (laughs) He is. I think we. We actually did touch on that a few weeks ago. Yeah. Unfortunately, he will be gone, which, yeah, it's a bummer. Sure. But I don't think they have anything, do the Wings have anything to lose if they do, if he is kept around? I wouldn't say that he they, had, they lose anything from it. No. He's going to be a hell of an AHL player, as he showed, and if we need to bring him up, he would have been fantastic. But I think that for the role and what he was fitting, um that didn't meet what Stevie needed now, which you brought him in to try to be a goal scorer because that's what he was doing over overseas. Yep. And it just didn't happen, which sucked because nope. he was right there so many fucking times. Just didn't happen. So I don't think they lose anything if he were to stick around. He'd be a great guy to, to, to bring dudes up. But he's back home in overseas, and unfortunately that's just the way it played out. Yeah, I, I think the same thing, that if... If he would have come in hot and he would have started scoring, I mean, if he would have at least scored five goals, I think we're having a different conversation. Mm-hmm. But it it didn't happen, and it was it was time after time. Absolutely, it was time after time where he was just right there in between the goalie and the net and didn't score a goal. Mm-hmm. Just wide open nets. Clock would roll on him. He just he would get closed in on too quick or just. Every scenario you could think of pretty much happened to him when he was in tight. Yeah, I don't... I, I'm i not mad about it. I mean, it is what it is. And we technically, I think, still hold his rights because he's 26. Yeah, I mean, he's an arb- arbitration-eligible RFA. So if he wanted to come back to the league this year, um, he, he'd have to come back to Detroit or Detroit. He'd have to request a trade or whatever. So he's not going to play in the league next season unless he plays in Detroit. Mm. Um, and they sign him to a contract or whatever, but I don't think it's happening. And yeah, I mean, he did look good, but he just didn't score. So that's mm. what we needed him to do. True. I mean, good for him. He came over and made half a mil. Yeah, almost. sure. Do what you got to do. Make the money. Right. Uh, so we're going to move on to Facebook questions. My buddy Ray says, who would each of you predict we take with our first round picks? Who's the biggest reach you could see us taking? Uh, we'll probably get more into it on the draft special. 
I think are the first. Let's touch on the first one then. Sure. So I, I feel more comfortable about that. Sure. If he's there at six, I am going to take. Uh, at this point, I think you take a Kent Johnson. I like that. I would not be mad about that. I'm leaning the Kent Johnson route because of the way he can kind of play all over the ice. I didn't. I liked Chaz Lucius as well. So, but I, I think Clark or Johnson would be my pick at six. Yeah, I also like Chaz Lucius, but there was the questions about the injuries. Mm-hmm. Um, he did come off a big one, but he came back with a fire. Do and I? Th- it seems. It seems like it's gone. Sure, but I mean, but, it's I mean, still. Injuries are injuries, man. Look at look at McIsaac. Okay, is that is that the uh, now when you get Tyler's in? I mean, it's two out of three. So is the is the grind line consensus at six? We go with Kent Johnson. I mean, he's a Michigan guy, so of course Tyler's going to say do it. But so is Luke Hughes, and if Luke Hughes falls, Luke Hughes falls. Okay. So um, I'm going to say I I will say Kent Johnson simply because we need the center depth. Uh, although and he is fantastic on the puck. Yeah, although Valeno and Rasmussen have shown that they can do it. They they Rasmussen showed up big this season, but he's still probably your third line center. If Kent Johnson can come in and be real good in 1A, 1B with Dylan Larkin, then you've got a great setup. Or if you need to move him to the wing, you can move him to the wing. But I'm going to say my pick at six then would be Kent Johnson. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that's where I'm at. Uh, like I guess I don't think that would be a dangerous pick. I think it's a safe pick more than anything. Um, and it's just kind of who we have, at least I say we, meaning us, who we can actually pull good information on because he was having, he did have a full season and had a very good season as we saw. And what I like about who he was playing with and veneers and, and all those guys is that he's playing with top tier talent and he produced at a top tier level and still looks good. Like stands out among top tier talent. Exactly. That's the key part of it is he still stood out amongst those guys and that's what Detroit badly yeah. needs. Now, who would be... Uh, and then, of course, with the second pick, I'm taking Kasa if he's there. Mm-hmm. Who would be a reach? Uh, at this point, Aturati would be a reach. He, for a while, uh, this past year was a... Uh, they were thinking would be the first overall pick. And uh, he had fallen and fallen and fallen. And in 35 games played this season in Liga, he had six points. So not great. Um, so I think uh, Rossi has fallen to, man, he's all over. Um, but he's no longer near the top top. He's still number three by neutral zone, but he's anywhere between seven and 20. So I think that would be a reach at this point. Um, simply because it was there, and then it looks like he lost it a bit. So that would be my reach. Um, yeah, I'm going to agree with you simply because I don't have anything that's going to be a good reach, reach at that pick other than Casa, maybe. Part of our fantastic discussion next week. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so from uh, Austin Crumloff, what prospects do you think will earn a spot on the regular season lineup? And what do you envision lines might be? Okay, so regular lineup. We're not talking just out the gate to build some buzz. We're talking sticking around. Earn a spot, meaning they're there to be there, not there to just get a tryout. Is Cider exempt from this discussion? I would say Cider's exempt because I think he's a lock to make it. And and is Joe Valeno considered a prospect still? Yep. Yeah, I would say Valeno's a prospect. I think Bergeron has a chance. Yeah, I think Bergeron has the best chance, honestly. Out of if you're looking at just prospects that can make the lineup, mm-hmm. I think Bergeron has is your best chance at making the lineup. Yeah. I think uh, I, I think your lines are going to look something like Verana, Larkin, Zadina, Bertuzzi, Valeno, Fabry. Uh, you're looking at a third line of Ernie and Rasmussen. And, and again, it depends on who comes back. Yeah, I, I think they're gonna, it's going to be a very similar lineup to, to last, last. Ernie Rasmussen, Bobby Ryan, and yeah. then you're looking at Glenn Denning on a line with 
whoever the the, the remaining players uh, Rich, Richard Ponick. Ponick yeah Richard Ponick Luke Glendening and for for fun just say Giovanni Smith sure or Nemestikov or whoever is is there and then your defense pairings are going to be probably Kaiser and Sider uh, DeKaiser Sider or um, Stahl and Sider if you can um, yeah. yeah sure DeKaiser and whoever and Heronic and then Troy Stetcher and B- Defenseman D I don't know yeah. Dennis Chalowski, Gustav Lindstrom Wyatt Newpower whoever <laughs> so that's that's what you're looking at there and that's then your smart. goalie is Bernier if he's re-signed if not it's Grace yeah yeah I think that the prospect wise I think my only lock other than Cider is Valino yep and then maybe Giovanni Smith depending on how the expansion draft goes yeah there's a lot of question marks they even said hypothetical because there's still a lot of time before next season and anything could happen mm. and you're right anything could happen and a lot of stuff is going to happen between um then now and then but i think that valeno's a lock because of how he played and cider's a lock simply because he is the calder winner and i think bergren is your wild card we know that he's your other wild card is lucas raymond um because he's coming to north america and we're just assuming it's to grand rapids Mm mm-hmm but I think your biggest chance at a lock is is Bergeron. Yeah, I would have to agree because you know, and like we said, if Nemestikov, for instance, is left exposed and taken, you now need to fill a skill player's void. So is Lucas Raymond ready to fill that? Or do you bring in Bergeron, who's got a couple years on him, played in some men's league and shown that he can handle it, and also has played some center to boot? Yeah, I think that would be the key part to Bergeron, where he can have, he can float back and forth to try to get some time, but you know that he's more of the playmaking type, like Vlad was or is. And, but I think he'll be better than Vlad. And I think that's the case. Oh, of course, yeah, I, I think so way better. I, I think that is where he is becomes your wild card because if you are to lose, and that and also like we're going off the assumption that Bobby Ryan is to resign for one season. Yeah. If that doesn't happen, there's another spot that's wide open that we don't know what could, who's going to fill it. I mean, you got to make the assumption that there will be some guys signed by Iserman that we won't expect. I mean, you, did you did I think that Bobby Ryan and Vlad Domestikov were going to be who we heard on uh, the opening of free agency? Didn't fuck no. Nope. So you got to expect that more surprises are likely coming, especially on the defensive side of things. And, but yeah, like to, as he said, it's hypothetical because of how much time there is. But I, I it's, yeah, Valino, Locke, Bergeron, Wildcard, Smith, depending on how the cookies crumble. And uh, Raymond, Super Wildcard. Yeah, I, I think, yeah, yeah. Because the talent's yeah. there. Oh, it is. It's, it's just, just how quickly does he adjust to the small ice. How does he look in camp? And same with Cider, though. It's how quickly... Well, Cider's played AHL time as well, so we, we yep. he did perfectly fine there. Yeah, absolutely fine. Yeah, I, but yeah, I think we're... Uh, yeah, we agree. I think Cider's the lock, Valino's the lock, and then Bergen, Raymond, Smith are the ones to keep eyes on. All right, I have a question that you do not have on the Discord chat, but I remembered we had in our inbox on the Facebook page from Philip Barton. He says, hey, massive fan of the podcast. His question is, do you ever think there could be a future for more British-born and trained players to be drafted into the NHL? And what would help towards making the NHL and ice hockey a more mainstream sport within British culture? Play NHL games over there like the NFL. Exactly. Um, bring games over. I I know they had done games in. Would they do China? Yep. They did games in China. Play did, games. Uh, didn't they do a game in Sweden? Uh yeah. So play games in the UK. I mean, it's it's as easy as that. You get it. You get NHL players on well, UK they, they ice. Play, I take that back. I mean. What, what year was this? Oh, this is in 1938. Yeah, so no. Oh my God. No. Uh, you get. I was like, you they get, have played in England in yeah pre World War Two. You get you you get uh, players on UK ice. You also get 
uh, some some guys get some guys drafted in Liam Kirk. Uh, Liam Kirk, who played great for Team Great Britain and is a good prospect. And I, I think you get more guys like that. And as soon as you get a couple that get in and get the name recognition and uh, like right now, the Liam Kirk, he was drafted round 7, 189 by Arizona. He played for uh, Han Hall's IF at the Hockey Etan last season. He had 10 points in 12 games. In 2019-20, he played for Peterborough. He had 50 points in 47 games. He's a good prospect. And like I said, he was drafted in 2018. Um, and he had 9 points in 7 games for Team Great Britain. Um Get a good prospect with name recognition, and kids are going to follow it. That's the big thing. Yeah. And the other thing, too, you look back at, like, the NHL Global Series, which started back in 2017, going to Europe in particular. Yeah. Sweden, Switzerland, Germany, Sweden, Finland. I'm I'm just going through the the games that were Mm -hmm. played. Germany, Switzerland, Czech Republic, Sweden. And then that was it. Never touched Great Britain. Nope. Didn't go anywhere toward the western side of Europe and I think to that point then you look at they had several games in China in 17 and 18 and it stops so they haven't had the global series since 19 which obviously things have changed so that didn't that might have derailed things for this past year and this season for good reason but I think that to that point to get things to grow you need to take this global series and put it in England or London in particular because you know that these other countries teams or fans like Swedish German all these places that I just listed off of where they've already played their fans are going to travel which ups the ante for if it's in Great Britain and really packs a house of wherever they're going to play at maybe you put it into a basketball arena or Maybe it's a, even an outdoor game. I, that's a complete stretch. But my biggest thing is I think you have to make it a regular season game. So you're going to have the talent there too, not just a preseason matchup where you're potentially losing out on top-tier talent making that trip. Yeah. I think back to the, the question of how do you make the NHL and, and ice hockey a more mainstream sport within British culture is – get in on a grassroots level if you play beer league hockey in the uk and get out there start an organization where you help kids learn how to play hockey get kids involved into it and the parents will follow that's one of the big things is that the nhl has grown a lot as a sport because of the youth leagues and something like little caesars the the kids want to play and when the kids start playing the parents get into it the family gets into it you get more hockey followers and it's just spread the love of the sport start it's not hard really to start a small grassroots organization you can get donations from companies they do a lot of around here they do like the used equipment sales or like the try hockey kind of thing I mean, where do you they have that there though that's the big question i mean obviously we i think if they don't know. have it right there they could get it i don't okay. think it would be an issue um, but I think a lot of it is just you, you need a way for kids to start to see it and hold on to it. And I think that could start with, like like we said earlier, is, is a game there. Just play a couple games a season like football does. Play a couple games and, and then get in on a grassroots youth level of getting kids excited about hockey and into it. And the adults will follow the kids. You know what's crazy, too? You look at... I mean, granted, the Wings have not been very good the last several years for these Global Series games. I wonder if it's team choice, but the Wings haven't played in any, any of these. I don't know how they choose teams Even for going it. back... I mean, you've got to go back to 2009, and they played in Sweden against the Blues, and they also played... Uh, looks like some SHL squad. Uh, they always that. do. Huh. Let's play the home. Let's destroy the hometown team. Yeah, I mean, oh nine. That's because I mean, I you got to think based off the roster build. That's why they're favoring some of these cities. But I mean, you really got to go. They haven't played in London since two thousand seven. Uh, so yeah, we got to get 
I would love to see Detroit in some overseas. I'd wake up early to oh, to absolutely. watch some overseas hockey. I mean, shit, we wake up now. I mean, I do. I don't wake up now, but I'm already awake because of the baby. But I'm turning on the Premier League most Saturday and Sunday mornings. I think that's one of the other things that's blocking a lot of it is that soccer is just so popular. At every level. At every. Premier top level. Yeah, at every level that it's almost, I don't want to say impossible, very hard for another sport to break in. Mm-hmm. And and take hold, especially in somewhere like the UK where soccer just kills everything. So uh, it's, it's possible. It, it, sure, if they start getting games there. I think that's where we start really you, seeing maybe that take hold. Yeah, but you have to start it if you want it to to become larger. You've got mm-hmm. to find a way to to get in on the action. Yeah, I think know, that's my thing. We know the fan base is there. I mean, yeah. at least oh yeah, of course we chat with them on Twitter all the time. Sure. Max um, is our man over there right now, UK Red Wings fan. They had the questions in this in this little group chat here. So the the followings are there. We I mean that's just two out of the many, but yeah. So the last question we're gonna take tonight and we'll run a little over is could you do some hypothetical trade ups with our Washington pick? I think it's within Stevie Wise wheelhouse to pull it off and possibly secure Wallstead or another prospect that he has his eye on. So I'm going to go over uh, Jesse's little trade proposal here. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Jesse earlier asked, when is the pay-per-view between you and the imposter grind line? Um, we'll talk to yeah. our lawyers. But uh, <laughs> No comment. Yeah. He said, uh, so Jesse's proposal was to Detroit, Nolan Patrick, Shane Goss despair, 2021 first round pick. Phillies is 13th overall. If Walsh, that's there at 13. Sure. To Philadelphia would be Detroit's first round pick. Uh, the, Washington. the the Washington pick, which at this point is probably going to be twenty two. I I said that Philadelphia says no to that simply because Nolan Patrick's still a decent prospect, even though he has not shown much of anything. Uh, he just doesn't want to be in Philly. Gostaspare is a contract you need to get out of. Yeah. And do you think Patrick getting traded from Philly to Detroit makes it any better? I mean, a change of scenery is a change of scenery for most Granted, players. He's also, what, 20? He's an RFA, so he's under 26. He's young, young. Enhance. 22. Yeah, Nolan Patrick's 22, so he's young. You, you absolutely take him if you can, but good luck. But I think that's a... I think Detroit would have to throw in another thing, so it would be I, like a, a first round, that Washington pick... And a second round pick. You're, it's, it'd have to be Washington's pick and likely Detroit's pick or the Rangers' pick. Mm, Detroit's second, second round. round? Yep. It's probably the Rangers' second rounder. I wouldn't trade our second rounder. I would hope not. I mean, but, I would say if you're looking anywhere past our Detroit pick in the, the second round, then I think you're going to have to go with the Rangers' pick and then maybe you trade Vegas's fourth next season. Yeah, and that, but that's all assuming that he's there, mm-hmm. and I don't think he's going to be there. Uh, at at what's it fourteen? Is that what they're 13, drafting? I, I thought he said thirteen. Uh, yeah, thirteen. So if 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 Wallstead is there at thirteen, then you do it. But like we said earlier, uh, he could go to Chicago, he could go to L.A., he could go to Ottawa. There are several bad teams that need goalies mm-hmm. that are going to be there, and that they've got decent forwards and decent defensemen or good forwards and good defensemen, and they need a goalie. Yeah, because most so, of these other teams that you're looking at from behind Detroit at six, I mean, L.A., I think, is your closest, like, up-and-coming team to making something happen. <laughs> Vancouver's in disarray. I bet Ottawa's not far behind L.A., so you could potentially look at those guys as a, a trading partner. But... Outside of that, Arizona killed themselves. Chicago, who knows what the hell they're doing? They're the most confused. If once Taves, if Taves come back healthy next season, then it's a it's a different ball game for them. So they're not far off, but they I don't know. And but they need goaltending. Yep. So I don't know. I'm just saying if he's tough. there, if he's if there, he's there, yes, you do it. And you and make that trade with Philly. You throw in a, a second round pick with your first, and I think Philly does it. If you throw in. That uh, New York pick, I think it's almost a no-brainer for them to move down ten spots, nine spots. Mm-hmm. Um, you you do it there if Wallstead's there, but that, again, that's a big if. So and I the would other do problem, it. 
though, is you look at Chicago. Now, you could probably do some finagling and steal someone from them, too, with this pick situation because they're not in good cap situation. There's a few teams that are, and especially if, like we talked about last week, that cap's going to stay frozen for five seasons. Potentially. Then you're, you're looking at a bunch of teams that are going to need to make some deals sooner rather than later. Because, I mean, you look at it. Now, didn't Andrew Shaw... Uh, he, he retired. So that's gone. Yep. Brent Seabrook, is he pretty much the Marion Hosa now? Uh, yep. For them? So Taves is your likelihood of coming back, and he's at $10.5 million. You've got Zach Smith, who is unrestricted. Okay, you don't got to worry about him. But Taves coming back, and they've still got to resign Henestroza, David Kampf, Adam Gaudet is an RFA. Uh, Pius Suter, who's been fantastic. Kirby Doc is good. And is it Pius or is it Pius? Uh, Suter. We're going to go with that. <laughs> <laughs> you mean Ryan? Got, yeah. Uh, they've got multiple guys that they have to re-sign or figure out what they're going to do with to include Nikita Zadorov on the back end. So what they're going to do is of question with yeah, that who knows? $10 million coming back on the cap. But yeah. Again, they need goaltending. Yeah. Unless they're gonna go with some of the guys in their system, which I just don't see happening. No, me either. Um, but so I think, I think Chicago gonna... could be another one you could take some the that situation we just discussed and put that into the same scenario. But it, it, that, I think that would have to include a player in that trade or another pick. Good answer, Ryan. And I think that's where we're gonna end it tonight. And I want your Twitter handle before I sign us off. I am RD Ryan 33 and I am at bringing the wing but you can also find the Grindline podcast online at Grindline pod you can find our podcasts wherever there are podcasts basically if there's a platform that you prefer listening on but you have to listen to us somewhere else let me know where that platform is by tweeting us or DMing us and we can get on that platform it's generally pretty easy just to throw them our RSS feed and they host us mm-hmm. Uh, we like to give a shout out to the Hockey Podcast Network at HockeyPodNet on Twitter. We also like to give a shout out to Founders, who's the official beer of the Grindline Podcast. If you go online to Howie'sHockeyTape.com and use promo code Grindline, you'll get 10% off your order. If you use that same promo code at Bring Hockey Back, you'll get 12% off your order. You can also go to Redbubble.com slash shop slash the Grindline, I believe it is, or just go search us on Redbubble.com and you will find our merch shop where you can get a bunch of designs on random household items, but also t-shirts and stickers and other cool stuff. Um, But that's going to do it for us tonight. Thank you for all of your mailbag questions. Next week, we will get down to prospects. But until then, you stay classy, Hockey Town.